Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Better Watch Horror Podcast. I am your host, Patrick. And I'm Celeste. And as always, we are here to share our love of everything horror. And true crime. Can never forget about those true crimes. Nope, nope, nope. And, of course, we had to talk about this movie to end our massive October that we've just had. We could not do it. Of course, we are talking about the 1978 classic Halloween, directed and written by John Carpenter with the help of Deborah Hill, who helped write it and also produced the film as well. Starring everyone's favourite final girl, the Scream Queen, Jamie Lee Curtis, Donald Pleasance, and Tony Moran, who is the first ever Michael Myers. I adore this film. I really, really do. Yeah, it's one of my favourite movies. And after watching all 13 movies, <laughs> like this just was the best one. Yeah. If you don't know, on our Instagram, I posted a photo of a massive 10 inch Michael Myers pop vinyl that we have (laughs) with all the Halloween movies that we own sadly we can't get every movie in Australia it's very difficult yeah so I could only get one two six H2O Resurrections and the last trilogy that we just came out I will tell you now that we decided to start a segment on our channel called Horror Ranks this is where we'll be ranking anything, anything, franchises, movie by movie, franchises as a whole. So, say Halloween versus Saw versus Scream versus Child's Play versus yeah, whatever. Uh, favorite horror movie kills, worst horror movie kills. Like we just want to do whatever you guys would like. Yeah, it's just a bit of fun. Yeah, and we honestly enjoyed it, but the hell I went through with this <laughs> damn franchise. It's a mess. Probably one of the messier franchises that we've watched. And I feel like we are jumping into another one, which I'd pay attention to the YouTube video for that (laughs) one because I noticed uh, I mentioned it at the end. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Halloween. Yay! Your first ever introduction into horror, actually. Well, proper introduction. Yes. So when we started dating, I was very against horror movies. They scared me too much. And every time you were trying to get me to watch a horror movie, I was like, uh, I'd rather sleep. Can we watch like Cinderella or something yeah. instead? Yeah. And then one day you were like, look, it's the middle of the day. L- let's watch this one. I don't think it's going to scare you. I think you'll actually really enjoy it. It's not too gory. Let's do it. So I was like... All right, like as long as like if I have nightmares, like you'll snuggle me. And he's like, okay, fine. And I loved it. Yeah. And I've loved horror movies ever since. Yeah, we went from Halloween to watching Midsummer. Yes. Like there was a massive jump. Yeah. <laughs> That's all good. That's how it happens. Just one movie to set it off, like me with Child's Play. Yeah. Like I was, as a kid, I was afraid of Chucky, like terrified. I'd be in Video Easy and just seeing aisles. If anyone remembers what a video easy is, uh, yeah, I would just see that cover and like sidestep it. Wow. Yeah, I was terrified. And then to have that be my first horror movie as like, all right, I'm 14 years old now. I don't need to be scared of this shit anymore. (laughs) And to end up not finding it scary, but finding it funny. Yeah. It was great. And he turned out to be one of my favorite horror movie villains. Yeah. Yeah, so bit of fun facts to start off this. John Carpenter considered the hiring of Jamie Lee as a tribute to Alfred Hitchcock 
as her mother, Janet Lee, was in Psycho. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was pretty cool to learn. And also, Dr. Sam Loomis is named after the character of Sam Loomis from Psycho. Oh, I didn't put those two and two together. No, I didn't either. Huh. Yeah. And actually, someone mentioned this on our YouTube video of the trick-or-treat reaction, that this movie was originally called The Babysitter Murders. It had events take place over several days, but due to a budget decision, it all had to take place on the same day. They decided, why not on Halloween? It's the scariest night of the year. Yeah, that makes sense. And for those of you who haven't watched the documentary, it is in the special features of the Halloween movie. Robert England was actually on set. No. Yes. Now, for those who do not know who Robert England is, he is another horror movie icon. Icon. As Fred Krueger, he was actually made to throw bags of leaves on set. So, all it took was just one thing and his career just went off. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. We're all going to start from somewhere, like us with this. Yeah. And (laughs) with whatever anyone wants to do with their passions. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. What's the worst that could happen? Exactly. People don't like it. Then they don't have to listen. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, good. So, without further ado, I'm ready to talk about this glorious slasher film. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, we start this film with that iconic score that was actually composed by John Carpenter himself. That's so cool. Yes. And how can we not mention the pumpkin that's in the opening credits? Yeah. Just to the left of the opening credits. It, if you notice, it gets closer as the credits are rolling. Yeah, it's one of my favourite, like, intro scenes because, like, in a lot of movies, it's just, like, the movie sort of starts and it'll be going for a little bit and then the credits, like, opening credits will start. But yeah. this is just opening credits and then the movie starts. Yeah. Getting, like, distracted. Yeah, exactly. And it's cool when you watch the recent uh, trilogy and how they interpreted that pumpkin in different ways like in i know halloween 2018 it was like a pumpkin inside of a pumpkin so it broke out kept going and then i think kills was where it It was like burning from the inside i think yeah and it came to a crisp yeah and then i can't remember ends because i i didn't really enjoy ends all right for everyone out there (laughs) i didn't enjoy it you'll hear a bit of my reaction and opinion on it in our ranking video that comes out on halloween but uh, yeah, I couldn't remember what happened in that one because I just I zoned out a lot. Yeah, I think I was just too excited that I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah, I'm sh- well. Sadly, I'm a completionist. Completionist when it comes to franchises, so I definitely will be buying the DVD. <laughs> so yes, we start this movie off. It's Halloween night in 1963. We open to a shot of a double story house where the camera is moving towards the front door. And then it starts to move around the side of the house and it focuses on a window where we see two teenagers just making out because, you know. (laughs) What else do you do? Horny teenagers. I guess. Exactly. The girl is worried about her brother Michael being around. So she and her boyfriend take things upstairs. Yeah. The camera then goes around the back and we get into the house. It's panning around. Which I love this. Yeah. Especially when you find out it's a POV shot and me and POV shots in horror movies. You love them. I'm a sucker for it. We had them in <laughs> Trick or Treat. Yeah. And now we have them in this. I don't know if we've covered... Oh, Wolf Creek with the sniper shot. Yeah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> All right. 
No need to laugh at me. Okay, Celeste's gone because she's pissing herself. I'll try and get things back on track. So yeah, it comes back around to the house and we're panning in and all you see is this child's hand reach for the top drawer and pulls out a butcher's knife. He then heads towards the stairs where we hear the voice of the teenage boy as he's about to leave the house. So he's done the deed like... I'm out now. That was quick. Yeah, it was quick. Two pump king. I was just about to say that. We then get the shot heading upstairs and there's a clown mask on the ground and he goes to pick it up and we see like it goes over the camera now. All we can see is through white. Through the eye holes. Through the eye holes, which I find very, very cool. Mm. And then it gets into the room where- The sister is. The sister is because obviously- this is Michael and all the clothes are on the ground. She's just there brushing her hair and she goes like, Michael, and he stabs her to death. Yeah. And it's pretty gra- rough to watch. Yeah. It's not graphic, but it's rough. Yeah. It's, I think it's more it's more graphic because you're imagining it in your head of like what's happening. Like you don't see like all this blood and everything like that. Um, you just see the stabbing motion. Yeah, because you kind of – you see him stabbing her. And then you kind of, the camera like kind of tilts and then you just see the motion of the knife going downwards towards her. Yeah. So then he heads down the stairs and the door opens and we see the parents come home and they're like, Michael. And this is where it's cool because they take the mask off and we see that Michael's just like this young eight-year-old kid. Yeah. And it pans out and we see the aftermath with the after, yeah, aftermath. Yeah. With like all the blood everywhere. Yeah. And... This is where we now cut to Smith Grove, Illinois on October 30th, 1978. So 15 years later, this is where we see a man and a woman are driving in the pouring rain. We do faint. I had to, it was another movie where I couldn't get subtitles on it, which sucked because in Australia, we can't get every movie. I try my best because I want to get subtitles. I didn't know if this was on a streaming service. I think it was on Stan. But sure. because I had the DVD, I was like, why would I use a streaming service? Yeah. I know why now. I needed subtitles because I couldn't get most of the quotes for this film. But I got some of them. So I had to rewind and pause and we faintly see that they are driving to a mental hospital. And the man asks the woman if she's done anything like this before. She says, the only thing that starts to bother me is the gibberish when they start to rave on and on. This is where the man states that there's a person that they are grabbing to put in front of a judge. He hasn't spoken for 15 years. Wow. And there's nothing to worry about. The camera also does focus on a a matches packet. It says the rabbit in red lounge. And I'd say keep your eye on this, honestly. They're obviously not going to focus on something. That's not important. Yes. So she asks him, is there any special instructions? He just replies with, just don't underestimate it. And this is where she states, shouldn't we say him instead of it? And we find out this man is a doctor. And he states that he never wants to see this person ever escape from this place. Like, he never wants him out of here. Yeah, because he's just a monster. Yes. So, as they get closer to the mental hospital, they start to notice that patients are just outside in the pouring rain walking around. The nurse (laughs) is like, well, the woman is a nurse. I forgot to mention that. And she's like, do they let them just walk around like this? And he's like, (laughs) no. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why would that be a thing? So... He hops out of the car to get to the main gate to like be like, what is going on? And we see one of the patients come over the top. <laughs> now, for everyone who's watched this movie, I know, we know, 
It's Sam Loomis, who's the man, and we know the patient's Michael Myers. Yeah. But because we do not know this until a bit later on in the into the movie, I'll just say patient person for Michael. And doctor. And doctor for Sam Loomis until we find out their names. Yeah. Because I have it in my notes, and if I go off them... I'll lose track. (laughs) So, yes, the patient comes over the top of the car and the nurse, she winds down the window and we just see this hand come and grab her, like start attacking her. She like starts to swerve the car, almost crashes it and she escapes by just going over to the passenger side, which then like a minute later with the same or the other hand, he smashes the window just with his palm. Yeah, strong boy. Yeah, how scary would that be? Like the strength of him just to smash the car window. Yeah. So then she just rolls out of the car and the patient drives off. And this is where the doctor goes to check on the woman. And he's like, you all right? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, evil has escaped. And he's like panicking now. Yeah, because the one he didn't want to escape or ever be let out of jail or mental hospital has escaped. Yeah, crazy stuff. So we now cut to Haddonfield on Halloween. We see a young woman come out of her house with books. So we just assume she's on her way to school. Yeah. Uh, Her dad comes out and asks her, can you drop off the keys at the Myers place? And she's like, yeah, yeah, no worries. So this is obviously Laurie Strode, the mighty Jamie Lee Curtis. Love her. I know you do. (laughs) And we find this out as a young boy named Tommy comes running up the street. Uh, This is where we find out that she's going to babysit him that night. Yeah. Because he's asking her like, oh, can we make jack-o'-lanterns? Can we make popcorn? Can we watch monster movies? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course we can do all that. Yeah. She sounds like such a cool babysitter. Yeah, she does. So this is where they start walking and Tommy's like, this isn't the way we go to school. And she's like, oh, I've got to go drop some keys off. And he's like that typical kid that just keeps asking like, why? (laughs) Why? Why? Like one of those fucking annoying little (laughs) shits. But I kind of get it because I was like that as a kid. I'm sure you were as well. I don't think so. I think I was Uh, was more of the quiet kid that just minded my own business. Too cool to be that kid that says why all the time? No, I just think I didn't care. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) So this is where she says, Tommy, I'm dropping keys off to the Myers place because my dad is selling it. And he's like, you can't go up there. That house is haunted. (laughs) And she's like, watch me. And like goes to drop off the keys. And... This is where the camera cuts into the inside and we can see Laurie and Tommy from... The front door. The front door. And we can hear this breathing. And as Laurie gets back to Tommy, we see this guy just stand in front of him, in front of the camera. Yeah. As he's just looking at him. And the breathing, like if you've ever seen Star Wars, like think Darth Vader breathing, it's like that. Yeah. It very. makes me laugh because that's all I think about. <laughs> It's very much like that. Yeah. As Laurie and Tommy start to walk away, we see that person has come out of the house as he comes back in front of the camera as Laurie is about like a good 50 metres in front of her or 50 yards. <laughs> Alrighty. I don't know. I know Americans are like yards. and. Oh, I don't know. I can't keep up. I can't keep up either. So, mm-hmm. yeah. We can see Laurie's further up the street. Yeah. Basically. This is where we cut back to the doctor who we find out is Sam Loomis. He is talking to someone at the hospital about the patient who escaped last night. And this guy is blaming Sam. It's like, it's your fault. You should have had this under control. Like, you're the reason he got out. And he's like, nah. He's like, I wasn't even there when he broke out. Yeah. I got there after. Yeah. Why are you blaming me? Yeah. And he's like, well, he escaped using a car. And the guy's like, that's not possible. He's like, well, he was doing pretty good for it. 
So someone must have given him lessons while he was here and then drives off being all yeah. sassy and shit. <laughs> so we then go back to Laurie as she's in class now. She's looking outside a window and she sees this person in a mask just staring at her with the car that's been stolen. Yeah. So we know this is the patient. Yeah. She looks back because the teacher calls on her because she's like, the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Pay attention to my class. <laughs> yes, exactly. And she answers the question and when she goes to look back... The person's gone. Spoopy. Yes. This is where we hear a bell ring now and Tommy's like walking out of class with a pumpkin, but we see like these three little shits behind him. I hate these children. And they're bullying him and they're like tormenting him with chance of the boogeyman. Like the boogeyman's coming to get you. You better hide. You better run. And yeah. Tommy's like, the boogeyman isn't real. He's like, yeah, he is. He only comes out on Halloween night. Uh, uh. And as Tommy tries to get away from him, he gets tripped over and lands on the pumpkin that he was probably going to use to carve carve with Laurie. Yeah. Fuck these three little shits. Yeah, it was a good looking pumpkin too. Yeah, it was. And the bullies run away and one is stopped in his tracks by that person, that patient. Yeah, because he like runs like straight <laughs> into, into him, him and, he, and like bounces yeah, off. Yeah, and he grabs him and he kid kind of looks up in like terror for like a few seconds and then runs away. And he... And poor Tommy's just laying on the ground. Yeah, and... <laughs> Then starts to get stalked by this patient. Yeah. Like, he's just, like, walking beside him while he's on the other side of the fence and then hops in that car and at one point gets right beside Tommy. Yeah. Which, for me, I'd be so aware that someone's, like, right next to me. So, props to the kid for, like, just keep on walking because yeah. I would have been terrible. <laughs> That's why I'm not an actor. You would have been, like, looking like, what are you doing? <laughs> exactly. So this is where we go back to Loomis as he calls the police from, like, just this random payphone just out in the middle of nowhere. And he goes to look around the corner and he notices the clothing of the patient that escaped. And it's, like, hanging in the tree and hanging on top of this car. And he looks on the ground and we see that match packet with the Red Rabbit Lounge mm. on it. And, um, yeah, he's, like, panicking now because he's like, okay, I know where he is. Yeah. Like, no one is believing him that he is going back to Haddonfield. Yeah. And he, like, runs away to get back in the car and this is where the camera pans and we see the first victim that was killed off screen by said patient. Yeah. This is where, again, there's a lot of cutting in between these characters, but I don't mind it. It flows really well. Yeah, it's not, like, really jumpy like some of the other movies that we've watched. Like, it it flows and it makes sense because it's just trying to introduce the characters as they're in different locations and things like that. Yes. So this is where we meet Laurie's friend, Linda, and Linda's going on about what she has to do for the next day. She's like, oh, I've got to learn three new cheerleading moves in the morning and then the football games in the Arvo and then I've got to go get my hair done so I can yeah. go to the dance. And she's like, wow, you've got a lot on your plate. She's like, yeah, and... Laurie's like, well, I've got nothing to do. And she's like, well, it's your own fault. Yeah. So Linda's a bit of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. We then meet Annie as she like runs around the corner and she's like, why didn't you wait for me? And Linda's like, oh, we've been waiting for 15 minutes. And she's yeah. like, no, you weren't. <laughs> You're just gone. And again, because of no subtitles, I had to rewind and forward. Like, I'm, when do we find out who these guys' names are? <laughs> like, when do we find their names? And like, it's so faint. That we hear Annie's name. Linda. But no, Linda's pretty loud because like Annie runs around the corner. And she's like, Linda. Oh, yeah. Laurie. <laughs> like she's pissed. So we get the story that Annie was pulled into the boys' locker room by her boyfriend, Paul. And they're like, ooh, <laughs> exploring uncharted territory. And she's <laughs> like, oh, piss off. It's nothing like that. She finds out that he can't come over anymore because. 
because he got caught doing some shady shit and he's been grounded. Yeah. So this is where Laurie realizes she's left her chemistry book at school and she's like, oh, I'll go back and get it. And Linda's like, no, I always leave my books at school all the time. And this is where we see that car come up the street and it like heads past them and kind of slows down and then goes up a bit more. And Annie's like, hey, jerk, speed kills. And it stops. And Laurie's like worried because she's like, why would you do that? Yeah, and I think because she recognizes it as the car from earlier while she was in school, so she's like, I'm scared. Yes, exactly. So the car eventually goes away. Yeah, so this is where we get more of a conversation between the girls about their plans for the night. So Linda's asking Annie if, you know, plans are still on because once the parents leave for whatever they're doing that night for Halloween um, and he's going to let Linda and Bob come over to her house so that they can do things. Mm. (laughs) Um, And then Laurie is only like a few streets away from Annie's house so she'll go over and hang out with Laurie while they're using her house. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> yes. So this is where they continue to walk down the street as Linda eventually gets to her house. We then cut to that person who is stalking Laurie. Like we can see him hiding Behind in plain edge. sight. <laughs> yeah, he's in plain sight, and Laurie's like, "Um, what the hell?" And Annie's like, "What?" And Laurie's like, "There was just someone there." And Annie's like, "Oh, there's no one there." And she walks up herself, and she's like, "Hey, Laurie, this guy wants to ask you out." <laughs> Like, just tormenting her a little bit. And Laurie gets up there and realizes that person's gone. She's like, what? I swear I saw him. And Annie's like, you're just going crazy. Yeah. So, this is where Annie gets to her house. And Laurie is still concerned that that person is still following. Yeah. So, she looks back. And as she goes to turn around, she's stopped in her tracks by Sheriff Brackett, who is Annie's father. Yeah. Um, yeah, she gets scared and he's like, oh, you all right? She's like, yeah, yeah. And he says to her, you know, it's Halloween. I guess mm-hmm. everyone is entitled to one good scare. Yeah. So this is where Laurie does walk back to her house and she notices that she can start to hear kids and she gets scared again. Yeah, because it was all quiet and then she just hears like yeah. kids giggling. So yeah. it's scary. Yeah, and realizes that they're trick-or-treating and she says to herself, well, kiddo, I thought you outgrew out um, outgrew superstition. She then gets into her bedroom to go shut the window and notices that guys, that person is there again. Oh my god! And they're just standing there looking at her through like this closing clothesline. And she's like, "What the hell?" And we cut to her looking all concerned, and then cut back, and they're gone. Yeah. And this is where she slams the door. Uh, slams the door. Slams the window, and like freaks out. And then the phone rings, and Laurie picks it up. No one's on the other line. So she like hangs it up and then it rings again and it's Annie. And she's like, why did you hang up on me? She's like, you didn't say anything. And (laughs) she's like, oh, I had a mouthful. Didn't you hear? And Annie's like, oh, she's losing, you're losing your mind. Like you need to stop worrying. I'll come pick you up at 6.30 so you can start doing your babysitting. Yeah. So this is where we cut to Laurie walking out of her house to sit at the end of the street to wait for Annie. And we pan and we see these different bunch of kids just trick-or-treating having fun like it's a fun night yeah we then go back to loomis who is now at the cemetery looking for judith meyer's grave so he's like with this groundskeeper the groundskeeper's trying to tell him a story about something else that happened like not in haddonfield but like a few towns over and he's like i don't really give a shit like just show me this grave like where's the grave and he goes oh damn kids like someone has stolen a gravestone and loomis is like 
whose grave is this? And he's like looking and he goes, this is Judith Meyer's grave. And Loomis is like, well, shit. <laughs> he's come home. Yeah. And like runs off. So this is where we cut back to Annie and Laurie who had, I don't know if they're smoking weed or just a cigarette. They're smoking something, something. in the car. <laughs> And if you notice in the background, that car starts following them. Yeah. And they're just talking about what they're going to do for the night with babysitting. So, obviously, Laurie is babysitting Tommy and Annie is babysitting Lindsay. Yeah. Who, if you didn't know, is played by... Carl Richards. Yes, you are a massive fan. Yeah, of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes. (laughs) So, while they're they're driving, they hear an alarm go off and realise Annie's father is at this hardware store because it's been broken into and she's like shit shit put it out put it out and laurie just can't stop coughing she's like act natural yeah and that car that was following them pulls up and stops so they get to the store and brackets like oh hey girls doing and annie's like what's happened and he's like oh you know just some damn kids like kids get blamed a lot in this <laughs> thinking like because it's a halloween prank they're yeah. like oh they've stolen a halloween mask a few knives and some rope yeah and then annie like talks to about her father and makes fun of him because the alarm's going off he's yelling yeah and she goes like he says something and she's like what and then he says it again, but the alarm stops and he's yelling still. And she's like, and he yells. <laughs> and then they drive off. And then this is where Loomis comes up to catch up with the sheriff. And he's saying like, look, I need to talk to you about something. And Brackett's like, look, I need to sort this out first. Can you give me 10 minutes? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no worries. And again, if you notice in the background, this is where the car starts up again and starts to follow the girls, the girls again. So this is where we, again, they're having just another normal conversation. Like this first bit of the movie, most of it, is just a slow burn. It's just building up. I don't mind it. Like it just feels like a normal movie that you're, like a teen comedy type of movie. Like it's not too long. It's not boring. Yeah. And it's it's a good build up. It's worth the wait. Yeah. So yeah, they're talking about the dance tomorrow night. Annie like goes, oh, you can ask anyone you want, but... Laurie wants to ask this guy named Ben Tramer. And this is where Annie's like, ooh, like Ben Tramer. Yeah, he's cute. And she's like, just shut up. Yeah. All right. Uh, So, yeah, they get to where they have to babysit. So, Laurie hops out at Tommy's place and Annie gets to babysitting Lindsay. So, she gets there. The parents finally go. Yeah, they leave. And... This is where we see the sheriff pull up to the Myers house with Loomis and they walk in to start looking around and the sheriff starts to notice a smell and he goes, what is that? And Loomis is like, oh, it's a dock. And they look over and they're like, it's still warm. So this is where we find out it is Michael Myers who's been tormenting and stalking. He has eaten a dog and killed it. Yeah. Which Loomis is trying to tell the sheriff about, but the sheriff thought he was just being a crazy old man. Yeah. The actual quote is, no man would do this. And Loomis goes, this is no man. Yeah. So they walk up the stairs and enter the room where it all happened back in 1963. And like this piece of the gutter from the roof falls off and breaks the window. And Loomis like pulls out a gun (laughs) in like shock. Yeah. He's terrified. And he kind of laughs it off and he shows like the sheriff, oh, I have a permit for this. Like, don't worry. (laughs) So this is where we get a little bit of a backstory about Michael Myers. And yeah, Loomis wants to wait at the house in case he comes back because he's like, I know he's here now. So I'll wait 
He's been here once. He'll come back again. Yeah. And Brackett's like, okay, I'll give you an hour and I'm coming back to check in with you. Yeah. So this is where we cut back to Laurie and she's with Tommy now and Tommy just won't shut up about the boogeyman. Yeah, because those three little shits scared him. Yeah. And before she can answer his question, the phone rings and it's Annie and the dog comes into the room that she's in, which is the kitchen, and it starts barking its head off and we notice that Michael is outside. So the dog's trying to warn them. Yeah. And this is where Annie, like, spills butter on her, we find out. Yeah, she's and trying she, to make some popcorn. Yeah, she's like, takes off all her clothes and she's, like, screaming to Lindsay, but Lindsay's not listening because she's watching TV. <laughs> Typical kid, like me. Yeah. I am that, well, I am that now. I won't listen <laughs> while watching TV. Yeah. At all. And as this is happening, Tommy looks outside the window and notices... Michael on the other side of the street. Yeah. And he's like, God, the boogeyman's here. The boogeyman's here. And, like, he gets Laurie to look outside and he's gone. Yeah. And he's like, she's like, what are you talking about? Like, the boogeyman isn't real. So, yeah, as Annie's, like, changing clothes and putting on this shirt, this is where we really notice that Michael is outside. Yeah. And he knocks down a pot plant, which Annie, like... He is. He is, but makes nothing of it. Yeah. And... This is after she's off the phone with Lindsay. Ah, uh, Lindsay. Laurie. <laughs> Too Sorry. many L. Too many L names. There's three. Yeah. So, yeah. And he knocks down the plant. She's like a bit concerned but doesn't think anything of it. She's only concerned when the dog gets outside and starts barking again. And she again, she calls to Lindsay. She's like, your dogs just won't shut up. Go get your dog. <laughs> Go get your dog. But the dog turns into, like, cries really quickly. Yeah. And she's like, oh, never mind. And this is where we cut to Michael has bear hugged this dog to death. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell, Michael is a bit, little bit brutal with this one and with the animals. Yeah. Like, the dog was just trying to do its job. Yeah. Protecting the family. Asshole. So, this is a cool thing that I learned while... Researching. Researching. So, if anyone noticed... After all this happens, it cuts back to Laurie and Tommy, but it cuts back to what they're watching on TV. And if you notice the title card that comes up, it's The Thing, which wasn't released until 1982. So that's what, four years? Four years after this movie. Now, John Carpenter did make The Thing, another classic horror movie. Like, it's really, really good. But how is it possible that this is referenced four years earlier? Earlier than what it came out. Well, I'm about to tell you. <laughs> so this is actually the movie The Thing from Another World, which was released in 1951. So that's the movie they're actually watching. Yeah. An adaptation of the film was in development in the mid-70s, uh, 1970, sorry, and Carpenter was approached to direct it in 1976. But because he was an, in, an independent filmmaker at the time, Universal didn't trust him with it. Fair. So they went to Tobe Hooper, who was famous for making Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Poltergeist. Okay, fair enough. But they weren't happy with his approach, so they started to look for other ideas and directors, including John Landis, who made An American Werewolf in London, which, again, great, (laughs) great fucking movie. Like, one of my all-time favorite werewolf movies. Yeah. They couldn't find any ideas, so they eventually decided to put this project on hold. But after the popularity of Alien, which came out in 1979, they started up talks again. Yeah. And Carpenter again was loosely attached to direct it, probably because Halloween skyrocketed. Yeah. And eventually, yes, was released in 1982. That's cool. So I find that really cool. Yeah. So getting back to the movie, 
Tommy again gets scared about the boogeyman and asks Laurie and Laurie's like, I'll protect you. Like, nothing will happen to you while I'm here. And she's like, do you want to go make the jack-o'-lantern now to try and take his mind off of it? Yeah, especially to not watch a scary movie. (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, yeah, sounds good. So we go back to Annie, who's now going to wash her clothes in the laundry, but the door shuts on her and we see Michael is waiting outside. And she, like, opens it and, of course, Michael's gone again. This guy can just teleport a little <laughs> bit. So, yeah, she leaves the door open and goes to turn on the lawn, uh, the washing machine. Damn door slot shuts again. But it locks. This time it locks, yes. And she can't get out. So she's panicking. She's trying to call for Lindsay and the phone's going off while Lindsay is watching TV still. Yeah. And she's like, Lindsay, can you answer that? It might be Paul. And she's like, no, just not chilling. She probably doesn't even hear it ringing. She's just so, like, in the zone. Yeah, she's watching a monster movie for Halloween. (laughs) So Annie tries to use the other door and she can't get out of that one either. So we cut back to Lindsay because the phone goes off again and she answers it. It is Paul. He asks for where's Annie and she goes, oh, I'll go get it for, for her for you. Yeah. And she's, like, calling to her. And runs into the laundry and is like, why did you lock yourself in here? And as she gets in there, Annie's trying to escape through the window and gets stuck. Yeah. So Lindsay helps her out and she goes to Lindsay, don't tell anyone about this. She's like, (laughs) okay, I won't. She bolts back into the house, picks up the phone to Paul and goes, yeah, Annie was just stuck in the window. Here she is now. Love it. And Annie's like, you little bitch. (laughs) But she gets on the phone and Paul's just like, oh, you know. Stuck in a window, yeah? And she's like, oh, shut up. She's like, let's not talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is where Paul's like, I can come over. Like, I've, I've found a way to get out of my house. I'll come over. But you need to come pick me up. And she's like, okay, yep, yeah, no worries. So she tries to convince Lindsay to come with her to pick up Paul, but she just wants to stay home and watch TV. So to kind of con her into it, she's like, how about I take you over to Tommy's place and you can watch TV with him? She's like, hell yeah. Yeah, it's so cute. It is pretty cute, the relationship that Tommy and Lindsay have as friends. So they walk across the street to Tommy's house, and again we see Michael, and he's just staring at him. Yeah, such a weirdo just creeping in the background. (laughs) He's a bit of a stalker. Yeah. Silent but deadly type. (laughs) So, yeah, they get to Tommy's house, and Laurie lets him in. This is where Laurie tells – oh, sorry, not Laurie. Annie tells Laurie that she called Ben Tramer and – he wants to go to the dance with her. I don't think it happened at this point. I think we skimmed past it a little bit. That's all right. But, yeah. Oh, it happened with the first phone call when she spills butter on herself. My bad. <laughs> I'm going to this movie too fast. I apologize. Okay. Yeah, so they're talking about it and Laurie's like, can you call Ben? Like, I, I don't want it to happen. Yeah, because she's nervous. Yeah, and, uh, and he's like, no, no, no. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. And she's like, no, call Ben. But Annie won't do it. And she basically says, like, he's not even at home and, like, I'm going off to go pick up Paul now anyway, so we're just going to have to call him in the morning. Sorry, love. And she realizes what's happening and she's like, no, you're not. And she's like, yep, basically handballing Lindsay Lindsay to Laurie. And she goes, look, if you do this for me, I'll consider calling Ben in the morning. So Laurie's like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. So Annie is our first main character to get killed off in this film. Yeah. She goes back to the house, realizes she's left her keys inside because the car's locked. She's like, okay, damn it. Goes to grab her keys, comes back out, gets in the car, and Michael just appears out of the backseat and strangles her to death. Yeah. Which 
Honestly, how did he get in the car without smashing any windows? Yeah, I was just thinking that. I'm like, if it was locked, how did he get in and there is literally no windows broken? Yeah. He's magically teleporting. Exactly. So this is where we cut back to Tommy and Lindsay just watching TV and Tommy tries to scare Lindsay by hiding behind the curtains and he's like, Lindsay, (laughs) Lindsay. And Lindsay's like, where are you? (laughs) And Tommy kind of scares himself because he looks outside the window and notices Michael is carrying... A dead body, which we know it's Annie. Yeah. And he's carrying it back into the house. And he walks out behind the curtains and bumps himself into Lindsay, who Lindsay screams and Laurie grabs her. And she's like, what the hell's going on? And Tommy is just, the boogeyman. The boogeyman's out there. I saw him. I saw him. He's real. And Laurie's like, I'm going to have to turn off these monster movies if you're not going to shut up about the boogeyman. Like, you are too scared. Yeah, and you're scaring poor little Lindsay. Yeah. Stop being a bitch, Tommy. <laughs> Basically. So this is where we go back to the Myers house with Loomis and he's hiding outside in the bushes waiting for Michael to come home. It's just a funny sight, honestly, this old man hiding in a bush. This has got to be one of the best lines in the movie when the three bullies come back up and one of them's like, oh, I'm not scared. I'll go inside the house. And they're like, bullshit, you won't do it. Like, go up there. And he's like, okay, I will. And this is where we find out it's Lonnie because one of them's like, what are you, Lonnie? Chicken. (laughs) And as he's about to enter the house, it's from the bushes. Joe's like, hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. And they just (laughs) bolt. Like, they're like, fuck this. I'm out. And if you notice, Loomis kind of like smiles to himself. Yeah, because he's, he's like, so yeah. proud of himself. He's like, yeah, I just saved these kids' lives. <laughs> but then he gets scared himself because the sheriff puts his hand on his shoulder. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he's like, are you sure Michael Myers is here? Because there's been no sign of him. We've just had kids being a bit of a menace everywhere and stuff like that. And yeah. he's like, no, I am he's certain here. he is here. And yeah, they're like, he's like, oh, well, I can't really... I can't afford to hang out here all night. Yeah, and keep doing it. Sorry, our dog is going off. She wants to come inside. But she's a bit too energetic. Yeah. And and we will not get this podcast recorded. No, not at all. So we're trying to get through it so she can come back inside. (laughs) So, yeah, this is where he goes, like, death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Now, this is where we cut to Linda and Bob. And they've just rocked up to the house. And Linda's going through the plan for them to have the sex. (laughs) And it's the weirdest line ever from Bob. Oh. He goes, first I rip your clothes off, then you rip my clothes off, and then we rip Lindsay's clothes off. Like, Why are you going to do that to a child? But did he know she was a child? Yeah, because I feel like it's such like a small town where everyone knows everyone. Yeah. But then also, why would Lindsay be there by herself if Annie's – where would Annie be if Lindsay's still there? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, exactly. It's confusing. So they get into the house and they realize no one's in the house. Like they're turning on the lights. They're calling for Annie and Lindsay. And they're like, oh, no one's in here. So Bob's like, oh, fuck it. Let's just do it. And starts making out with her. And bloody Michael's just standing in the hallway watching them. Creeper. (laughs) So we go back to Laurie and Tommy as, again, Tommy is still going on about the boogeyman to scare Lindsay. Like poor Lindsay. (laughs) She's like, I didn't want to deal with this. I just wanted to watch my movies. And the phone goes off and Linda is on the phone to Laurie asking if Annie's over there. And she's like, no, she went to go pick up Paul. And it's like kind of a little conversation. They're like, oh, okay, no worries. And this is where Linda tells Bob, 
we've got the whole house to ourselves and he's like all right so they head upstairs to do the deed and the phone rings and bob stops and she he's like can you answer that and linda's like no what if it's Lindsay's parents like yeah they don't know we're here and he's like oh yeah that makes sense <laughs> and disconnects the phone like because it's the 70s old school <laughs> just lifts it off puts it on the bedside table and, con- Wayne Ring. and continues on where he finishes in like the next two seconds another two pumpkin do we have here huh <laughs> so many of them <laughs> so they start smoking a cigarette and Linda's like no oh, do you want a beer and Bob's like yeah and she's like Okay, we'll go get me one. And he's like, I thought you were going to get me one. <laughs> She's like, no. He's like, okay. So Bob is our next victim of Michael. As he's going to grab a beer, he hears like this creaking noise of a door. So he goes out where that big glass window door was. Yeah. And he's like looking out and he's like calling for Annie. And he's like, oh, okay, this is a fun prank. Shuts that door, turns to open the cupboard. No one's in there turns to open the other door and this is where Michael comes out and grabs him by the throat, lifts him up and stabs him so hard through the stomach that a knife kind of like goes through him and, and holds into the wall into the wall and holds him up in that position. Yeah. Dude, how strong is he? Very strong. Oh, it just makes no sense. But then when you watch the other ones... <laughs> Yeah. This makes a bit more sense than the others. Well, the thing is, that kill got used in so many Halloween films. Like, it's in Rob Zombies. Pretty it's sure. It's a cool kill, though. It is a cool honest. kill, but don't overdo it. Like, think of something else. True. So, this is where we see a person with a sheet over his head. Like, we know it's Michael, but Linda thinks it's Bob. So, Linda's well, like... Because he's got his glasses on, yeah. too. <laughs> so, she's, like, acting all sexy for him. Like, do you like what you see? <laughs> and she's getting pissed off now because he's like, okay, like, enough's enough. Because he's not replying. He's just standing yeah, there and in the doorway. Yeah, she's like, I need to know where Annie is as well. So she goes to call Laurie, but as Laurie answers the phone, Linda starts to get strangled by Michael, but Laurie thinks it's Annie. Yeah. So she's like, oh, so now I've got to hear you moaning while you're having sex, basically. Because the noises that Linda's making sounds like sex noises. Yeah. <laughs> but then after a while, she's like, wait, are you all right? Yeah. And... Linda obviously gets killed by Michael and Laurie tries to call again with no answer. Yeah. So then we go back to Loomis who is still waiting outside the Myers house for Michael. He turns and notices the car that was stolen is just parked there and realizes that he's close, but he's not at the house. So he's got to be somewhere nearby. Yes. So this is where we go back to Laurie and she is concerned. So she heads over to Annie's, the house that Annie was babysitting at and she goes to ring the doorbell with no answer. And so she starts to head around the back and enters the house through that glass door. Yeah. And she starts calling out to everyone with no response each time, getting more scared. So it's like, at first she thought it was a prank. Then she's like, okay, now I'm serious. Like, something's up. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. She heads up to the bedroom and she finds Annie just laying there with Judith Myers' gravestone above her. Yeah. And she's like so distraught. She's like, oh my God. She then backs up to like this door frame of a... Of a yeah, of a wardrobe. And Bob swings down. Yeah. And again, gets scared. So then she goes back to like this other wardrobe. As that door opens, she notices... Linda. Linda. And she just... Screams. Screams, gets outside the bedroom, in tears, and she like is up against like the wall next to a door frame and we hear like this little like i don't know how to explain like the yeah (laughs) and you see michael just the mask and he like swipes down on her and slices her arm slices her arm open and she goes over the banister landing straight on the stairs yeah and she's like ah shit that hurt yeah (laughs) 
I don't know how to explain it. I've never... It looked painful. Well, I mean, you're falling from the second story onto stairs. Like, it's not a flat surface either. It's lumpy. Yes. So this is where Michael is now coming for her. As Laurie tries to get out the front door, she doesn't do a good job because she's scared. Yeah. So she can't get out of that one. She goes into the kitchen where she came from and she locks the door behind her and can't get out the glass door because a rake is there, like, lent up locking it. Yeah. So she's, like, trying to push it over with the door. And as this is happening, Michael comes in and just bashes through the door. And just as he's about to get to her, she decides, oh, now I'll break the glass. Yeah. (laughs) And pull the rake out of the way and run away. So this is where she starts to scream for help. And she goes to the next door neighbor's house, bangs on the door like, help me, help me. Their porch light comes on. They look through the window like she is screaming at them like call the police and she's got blood on her too yeah help me obviously they probably just think oh this is a halloween prank and close the blinds turn off the light yeah don't even worry about it so she's like ah shit so she goes back to the house where tommy and Lindsay are sleeping and she's like banging on the door trying to get tommy's attention yeah because she can't find her keys to unlock the door because she left them inside the house or yeah she lost them in that house so to get their attention, she grabs a pot plant and throws it perfectly near, near the window to wake up Tommy. And Tommy's, yeah. like, looking outside the window, like, waking up, rubbing his yeah. eyes, like, oh, what's up? And she's like, open the door! <laughs> open the door! And he's like, oh, okay. And he, like, dawdles his way down and gets her in in time. And she's like, go get Lindsay. Like, go lock yourself somewhere. She's like, well, he's like, well, what? And he's like, she's like. Boogeyman's coming. So he's like, oh, all right, we're not mucking around. Yeah, we're not fucking around here (laughs) and runs to grab Lindsay and goes to hide and Laurie closes the, shuts the lights and she looks for Michael but can't see him. So then she backs up and you notice that the window's open now as the- Curtain's moving. Yeah, in the wind. And she's like, oh, shit, he is in here. Yeah. So she kind of like sits down near the couch and grabs like a sewing needle and we see Michael- come up from behind the couch to reach over to grab Laurie. But as he does that, Laurie grabs that sewing needle and stabs him in the neck, which puts him down. So then we cut to Loomis, who is still roaming the streets for Michael, and he's stopped by the sheriff as he's telling him, like, we, I just went to the Myers house. I can't, I couldn't find you. And he's like, Michael is here. Like, he is somewhere here. He's three blocks away from here. You go around the back of the house. I'll go out the front. Like, we'll, we'll get find him. him. Yeah. We'll stop him now. So, Laurie now heads upstairs to check on Tommy and Lindsay, and she's telling him, like, I've killed the boogeyman. But as she's telling him that, you can see a shadow coming up from the stairs. Yeah. And the kids start to scream, and you notice Michael's not dead anymore. Yeah. So, she gets to, she's like, go in this room, lock it. She heads into the bedroom, opens, like, the balcony uh, door. Yeah. To make it look like, okay, she's escaped from out there and hides herself in the cupboard. Yeah. And this has got to be the most iconic scene in the movie where Michael tries to open the closet because he's not dumb. Yeah. He knew she was still in there. Like, she hurt her leg. He's like... She's not going to jump out. I feel like he would have thought, how is she going to jump out from there while being injured? Yeah. She's in here somewhere. So, yeah, he's trying to open the, the wardrobe and she's, like, panicking now and he just busts his way through and starts to, like, slash at her. Yeah, swiping at her. And smart Laurie, what she does, grabs a clothes hanger, like a wire one, fiddles with it, and stabs him in the eye. Yeah. So, yeah, and he, like, drops his knife. He pulls the hanger out of his eye, and Laurie stabs him in the stomach, and he goes down. So then she gets out, goes to get the kids again, and she's like, okay, 
go down the street for help, go to this house, get them to call the police. Like, I'll, I'll be there soon. I'll be there soon. So they run out of the house and they start screaming for help and it actually gets the attention of Loomis who goes, okay, obviously Michael's in here. Yeah. So Laurie obviously being exhausted from everything sits down against the door frame you bloody see michael just sit up oh that is probably my favorite shot ever yeah and get up and as laurie gets up to walk away he's like so close to her and he grabs her from behind and starts strangling her the only reason he stops is because laurie manages to pull his mask off so he's like oh shit and this he, I don't he doesn't know. like his mask being off no is this the only time we see his face? Like, do we see his face in any other movie? No. No? If it, I think if it does, it, like, the camera pans away so you can't see his face. Yes. Because it's, like, a thing where he can't stand his real face being shown, I think, to, like, anyone. Yeah, exactly. So, this is where, as he's putting his mask back on, Loomis shoots him and he, like, walks backwards. And then Loomis decides to further shoot him five more times. Yeah. And he falls out of the balcony onto the ground. And this is where Laurie asks him, was that the boogeyman? And he goes, yep. As a matter of fact, it was. Yeah. This movie ends as we get a shot of the ground to find out Michael is no longer there. Yeah. As it sets up for the sequel and 11 other fucking movies. (laughs) And that was Halloween. I'm sorry if we rushed through it, but honestly, this one was a hard one to write notes for. Well, yeah, I feel like it's we've done a few episodes like this where it's a really slow burn movie and then everything happens at the end. Yeah. But this is a really, really, really good one. And I'm glad we decided to do it to finish off our month of October, which I hope everyone has enjoyed. We have. <laughs> it is. It has been fun. I'm not going to lie. It's been exhausting, but it's been fun. Yeah, we just we really wanted to push ourselves with all the content we were making. So yeah. Yeah. And we've got a, our first ever Boo Boo Redo coming next month yes. for... Candyman. We are. We will be looking at the 1990 movie. I can't remember what year in the 90s it was. Yeah. And the... 21 or 20? 2020. 2020 or 2021 Candyman, which yeah. we know it's a requel, but we're counting it. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Yes, exactly. But anyway, if you would like to follow us, we're on Instagram at Better Watch Horror Pod. We are also on TikTok, BWH Pod. Is that the same for Twitter? Our Twitter is official, BWH Pod. Ah, okay. Same, same, but different. Same, same, <laughs> but different. And our Gmail? Better watch horror pod at gmail.com. And that is it from us. Bye. Bye. Bye.